Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's good, guys? I am Jordan Omley. This is Eating While Broke. Check the apron. I'm with my good friend, Colleen Witt, who I've known for uh, a long time. Um, One of the first people I met out here in L.A. uh, when I moved from Seattle. So um, I'm really happy to be here. And uh, I'm a producer, musician, singer, songwriter, uh, do a little bit of everything, sing, rap, cook. So today we are making one of my favorite things to make and a great meal to make if you don't have a big budget which is breakfast burritos. Because when I moved to Seattle, they turned me out out here in LA. So I've got hash browns going right now, Mm -hmm. um, which kind of take the longest to make. So I've had those cooking for a minute. I've got my spicy refried beans going right here, which actually I'm going to add some cheese because cheese and beans is, you know, two of the best words in the English language. Oh, wow. So we're going to get that going. Mm -hmm. I've got... um, Jalapeno, I've got some red onion going over here. Uh, that's a flavor combination that I use in, I don't know, most, most of what I cook, unless it's specific to like a region. I'm always cooking with peppers and onions. So I've got that going. Uh, and then we've got some, Colleen didn't know what this was, which is hilarious <laughs> to me. So if you live in LA and you don't know what chorizo is, <laughs> you just ain't doing it. Right. I heard the word, guys. Stop. I just, Man, no, we I have, really it was off camera. <laughs> she looked at this thing like a like a cow at a new gate. I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> um, so this is beef chorizo, which is a must um, for breakfast burritos, in my opinion. Although you can make them with whatever chicken. Mm-hmm. You can do a vegetarian. You could do asada, whatever you like. But for me, beef chorizo is the way to go. Um, and then we got cheese, salsa. We've got eggs. We've got avocado. Um, you know, it's not one of those dishes that's super complicated. I think it really is just about getting ingredients that you think work well together and all this stuff is, is good together. And I'm not, I'm, I'm completely not shocked that your dish would come with all these ingredients Okay. <laughs> because I've eaten at your house and yeah. you're a real, you're the real deal. I Whoever, like to cook. I grew yeah. up around, my dad is an incredible cook. Okay. So I just grew up around it. I've always loved to cook and I love to eat. So now that we kind of have the 
basis of your meal. Yeah. I'm going to throw out just some, just want to get to know you more. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's a little smoky in here, guys. So if I choke <laughs> up, no one judge me because I'm one of those people that. We have, I have a, every burner. And if they had another burner, I'd have that one going too. <laughs> so we're working in here today. We are definitely working in here. So um, Jordan has worked, like I said, with the best. But one of the most amazing things about Jordan's story is how you got your start. Yeah. Tell us about it. I well, know it had something to do with your day job, actually, right? Well, yeah, it did. Eventually it did. Yeah, like I said, I was I was rapping at a young age. And I was, um, I was signed when I was 14 years old to Sony for um, a development deal. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got in the studio actually in Seattle with Sir Mix-a-Lot okay. when I was really young. And Sir Mix-a-Lot kind of took me under his wing, introduced me to a lot of people. And I ended up on tour with Snoop and Mystical and Digital Underground. And I was like, you know, living a high school life, um, singing in choir. And then I was on the road, like rapping with these legends. But how did you end up crossing paths with them if you're in Seattle? Mix a lot knew these dudes, so oh. they would come to they would come to Seattle to do shows, mm -hmm. and then Mix would take me to the shows. He'd introduce me to them with my boy E Dog, who was someone like a local, kind of a local legend up in Seattle. Mm -hmm. And E Dog kind of put me in touch with all these dudes, and then I started doing shows with them, and um, that let me know that I at least had the talent to do what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the time, I was. I, the, one of the funniest things that people don't know is I've never drank in my life. I've never even tasted alcohol. Oh, wow. I've never had a drug, a cigarette, nothing. So when I was doing shows with these dudes, like the after parties were like every cliche you could think of for these crazy after parties <laughs> was super real. And I was uncomfortable. So I would go like back to my hotel room or wherever we were staying and I would be writing pop songs. Oh, wow. Secretly. Like I love to sing and I was in choir. So I started writing pop songs at a young age and fell in love with that too. So okay. I, I kind of was doing a little bit of everything. Um, when I decided I wanted to move out of Seattle because I didn't see a, a, a musical future there at the mm -hmm. time, I got a job selling over the phone uh, for DirecTV. They had an office in Orange County. And the whole time this is going on, your parents are saying what exactly? They... Uh, my dad and my bonus mom, mm -hmm. Nina, his wife, um, were really supportive. My mom was a little apprehensive about mm -hmm. me doing rap or music at first, mm -hmm. uh, but she eventually came around okay. when I worked with one of her favorite singers. We could talk about that later. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was cool. They were supportive. Okay. You know, they knew that I was going to do it anyway. At a young age, I, I told them, look, school's not my thing. Yeah. I'm not going to college. I'm not going to get good grades in high school. <laughs> but I'm definitely going to make it as a, as a rapper or a songwriter. And they were like, uh-huh, okay. So thank God it worked because yeah. there was no plan B. Um, but yeah, they were cool. So I made the move and I was in uh, Irvine um, selling direct TV, mm -hmm. day job, nine to five type stuff for, um, yeah, for about three months. Mm -hmm. um, earlier in my life, I had been uh, in different cities the bay area was one of them mm -hmm. and i had made some connections that i saved like business cards in my phone type stuff mm -hmm. and one of the connections that i made was to a big producer up in the bay area his name was nardo michael walden he's a, a legend in the world of pop music yeah 
And um, I started calling everybody and everybody turned me down. Everybody said no to wanting to meet me now that I was in L.A. Um, <laughs> but he was one of the only people that said yes. Okay. So I took a trip up to the Bay Area. I drove my like old broke Honda Accord that had 214,000 miles on it. Uh, but it worked yeah. and it got me up to the Bay. And I met with him and he uh, had me sing like my three best songs he wanted me to sing. And he hated all of them. Didn't like one song. And so I was like really deflated walking out of the studio because I was like, damn, like I really thought these were good songs and mm. I thought this was like a big break for me. And as I was leaving, this dude came out of the control room and he was like, hey, uh, he doesn't like anything. So like, don't sweat it. Like, I thought Aww. your songs were great. And I was like, thank you, man. But like, I'm feeling pretty down. And he was like, no, like I'm a producer. My name's Mike Monty, and I want to give you this beat CD of my tracks. So I was like, OK, bet. So Mike gave me this beat CD and I drove back six hours back to my place where I was living in Orange County from the Bay Area. And I wrote to all of them, every track. And I just fell in love with his music. And um, I called him when I got back to uh, Orange County. And I was like, bro, your tracks are amazing. Like, honestly, I love them. And I, I, I wrote like crazy to him. And he was like, which one did you write to? I said, all of them. <laughs> so he was like, okay. Uh, well, he said, the next time you're in the Bay, uh, come by and show me the songs. I was like, okay, bet. Hung up, got in the car, <laughs> drove six hours. Um, Showed up at his house because my dad always told me when I was young, this is, there was no like, this was like a long time ago, keep in mind. So I map quested this. There was no like GPS. Like I printed out my directions yep. off map quest. If you don't know what map quest is, I don't know what to tell you. You're, you're too, too young. You're too young. But that's okay. <laughs> so after, um, after I made that drive, I just showed up at his place because uh -huh. his address was on his business card. So when I showed up at his house, he uh, opened the door and he was like, I thought you were back in Orange County. And I was like, yeah, but you said the next time I'm in the Bay, I could come and show you my songs and I'm here. So what's up? So it was just one of those moments where like I took a chance and I just went for it. And thank God it worked because yeah. Mike and I have been writing together for 18 years wow. since that day. So I went back to the Bay Area. Um, and he loved those songs. He loved, yeah, he yeah. loved the songs. We had a great chemistry. Yeah. So I went back to Orange County where I was working still, my nine to five job, and Mike was in the Bay. So I was like, I have to figure out a way to make this work somehow. So by a, a fluke, the boss of the DirecTV location, who was super rich and super cool, um, but he was also like very about his business. Mm -hmm. He had his assistant come over to my desk. She was like, hey, Tom wants to talk to you in his office about you leaving for these back-to-back -back days. I'm like, okay. So I go through, and I, by the way, I had like a crush on this girl. Like yeah. I was, I knew I was about to get scolded in front of this girl who yeah. I liked, but cool. <laughs> so we go to Tom's office. Tom's like, look, man, you left two days. You didn't give me any notice. And you know the policy here. Unfortunately, like that's just not okay. Yeah. Um, but um, I need you to sign this paperwork before you leave. And now I'm pleading for my job. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like begging <laughs> in front of Tom, in front of his assistant, looking like a fool. And he said, well, it just is what it is. I've made my decision. He like slid this envelope over to me. And so, what's that? What was it? What it was, was like it? a manila folder with paperwork in it, but I opened it up and on the top, there was a cashier's check on top of the envelope and it was made out to me. Um, and it was in the amount of $30,000. And I looked up at him and I'm like, I don't know what this is. And he goes, look, I heard what you made up in the Bay. Mm -hmm. 
Um, you need to take this money and get as far away from here and go back to there and do as much of that as you can. Wow. And I just instantly started crying, ugly crying. Like, you know what I mean? Like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's in front of this girl. Of course. Too. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it couldn't, it couldn't have been worse. Do you think she knew about it? I don't know. She was shocked, too. But he had heard the music because wow. I played it, you know, for people around the office um, at a party. And he believed in it. And he was just like, look, man, life is about paying it forward. I'm like, I will pay you back this money. And he was like, no, this is a gift. The way you can pay me back is by doing good for other people. And wow. anytime you get the chance, just do good for people. Wow. So he gave me this check. I, I left the building with this check, went to the bank and put this check in my account, which was overdrawn by like 82 bucks. <laughs> and I went up to the, the teller and she was like, uh, this is nice. I'm like, yeah, this is crazy. What's my balance? And she's like, oh, you're overdrawn $82. <laughs> so I had to wait for this check to clear. And then I called Mike and I'm like, bro, I'm moving. Like, I got money. I'm moving. Now, was that the biggest amount of money you had seen? Of course. At, for sure. Like, at that time? Oh, ever? yeah. Of course. And I, none of that money was for me. I gave that money to Mike to book him out pretty much for six months. Oh. we Like, I moved. I used that money to move, got a place, booked out. Mike's work for mm -hmm. many months mm -hmm. and we just got to work. And since that day, we've never stopped. It's just been, wow. It's just been amazing. So really that guy, Tom Martindale, direct TV. Remember that everybody. That man right there. That was <laughs> a lifesaver. Amazing. I got to put, you, my, I gotta put okay. my hash browns in here with this. You kind of want, when you're cooking a breakfast burrito, mm -hmm. you really want the flavors of everything to start working together as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. So when you feel like you got your chorizo done, which I do, Mm -hmm. And you feel like you got your hash browns done. You want to like let them get happy together. Okay. And I, just, saw, and I saw you dump the onions. And I dumped the onions and peppers. Yeah. You like, you really want this thing to be like, like beachfront property in Flavortown. Okay. You know what I'm saying? When yeah. you bite into it, you really want that. So I get this going all together because we're pretty much good now. My, I've even got the burner off. Like we're, we're at the point with this stuff where now it's eggs, tortillas, oh, yeah. and we start putting it together. So we're good. This looks so it's amazing. gonna be it's gonna be good. Yeah. Um, so we're doing eggs nice. So yeah, that's um, that's kind of how I got my break, honestly. And then Mike and I started working like crazy. We signed a publishing deal um, with Sony through Big John Platt. Shout mm -hmm. out to Big John for changing my life. And um, we found our first artist. We signed a girl uh, that was twelve years old. We believed in her. Her name's Tori Kelly. Mm -hmm. She's a pretty amazing singer. If you guys don't know who Tori Kelly is, she's one of the best singers in the world and she's mm -hmm. gone on to do really well. And that signing Tori and developing Tori was a big break for us. Um, and then we got lucky. We got in with the Backstreet Boys. We got in with Pussycat Dolls, Brandy. And at this point, what, when do you personally feel like you arrived? Like, when was it like... I'm sure that the $30,000 check was confirmation that you were on the right path. It, yeah, that did make, because you know the whole time you're like, I think I'm good. <laughs> what if I'm awful? Yeah. Like, do you ever watch American Idol or The Voice and you see, well, The Voice is talent. But when you see American Idol, some of these people auditioning, you're like. Someone like, could have stopped you somewhere. Like, how do you not yet? know that you're not good, <laughs> man? Like, you have to know you're not good. But with this, it was like, I think I'm good. Enough people have told me that I have talent. Yeah. But I really hope so. But yeah, that was confirmation. For sure. Okay. So I did feel like then when we started getting in rooms with people that I was like big, like when I was in the room with Brandy, yeah. writing songs for Brandy's album, and I'm a massive Brandy fan, I'm like, yo, this is like, 
I'm on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is crazy. So, so it wasn't the checks. No. It was like, it's almost like my favorite rapper is Jay-Z. Of course. So like if I ever, first of all, people who know me know I can't even say words know. in front yeah, of him. Yeah, him, no, but, I already know. But if I think that if I ever got an opportunity to interview Jay-Z, that's it. I'm like, I've arrived. You yeah. can't, I'm, I'm almost yeah, Beyonce yeah. level at this point in my <laughs> career. You know what I'm saying? I'm not mad. I get it. So that's Yeah, it was that's more sad. the people than the checks. Okay. Honestly, anybody in music, I don't care how big you are, if you mm-hmm. want to use that term, or successful, everybody knows that money comes and goes in this business. Yeah. Sometimes you got it, sometimes you don't. Like, if I got songs on the radio that are doing well or songs that are streaming well, business is popping. But there's times where you don't. And then you're, you know, you got to live a little tighter. That's just the way it is. So I never really defined success in music by money. It was more about like the opportunities. Because once you get into the business, you realize how hard it is to get in rooms with people. Mm -hmm. Anybody can write songs. And today there's so many people writing songs off their laptops, sending them in from their bedroom, which is amazing because they didn't have that when I started out. But it's really hard to get in a room with people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, like you're a fan of Jay-Z. I was a big fan of Tech 9 mm-hmm. And I got to fly to Kansas City and work with Tech 9 You mm-hmm. know? And that was like, that's hard. So yeah. that, those kind of things yeah. made it more, like, believable for me. So was there ever a point where you made money and you kind of blew it and then yes, start over? Yes, of course. Over? All the time. Are you kidding me? I... I, I rented this house that was five bedrooms and it was me living in it because I was I was like, this is amazing and I want to feel like a baller and I built a shoe room and I got 400 pairs of sneakers and I was just an idiot and I blew money like crazy all the time. And then you hit a point where you're like, I don't know, you realize what's more important, like stability and yeah. paying taxes and yeah. other things like that <laughs> that I didn't want to do for a long time. So yeah, I mean, of course, there is plenty of that stuff. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. Roller coaster. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Hello! 
acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table, because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So since your career has taken off, mm. this particular meal, this Yep. signature dish yep. I'm guessing you still eat every once in a while for luxury or Listen, has there been a point in the last five years where you've had to eat it out of survival <laughs> <laughs> well survival is so dramatic you know what I mean if, if you're living in uh, in LA you're all right no matter how broke you are there's people really? around this world that are doing a lot worse so survival is tough to say but I, I will say like this LA is just really hard because well that's what I'm saying but if you can afford to pay rent in LA yeah you know you're surviving yeah, that's true. Um, but I will say this. This is a meal that my wife loves. Uh -huh. I I like to cook breakfast every weekend if uh -huh. I can for us. And this is just one that like she absolutely loves it. So I make this meal a lot at the house. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we do eat this one. I Just looking at this meal, I feel like this is going to be drafted into... First of all, I'll probably take ownership with my husband and be like, I came up with this dish. I'm not mad. You know, it's going to see an episode of this like. Stop that line. <laughs> probably when I serve it to him, he's like, where'd you get this? Eating while broke? <laughs> but um, but yeah, this dish looks, smells with all the ingredients. I'm like completely shocked that you can have such a real restaurant almost style dish for so cheap. And it's not even unhealthy because most of the meals we, we see that come on this show are just extremely. You know, they're unhealthy because... I get it. it. Let me give you a tip, too, for people out there. When you're about to do your tortillas, uh, you want to put... I like to cook it in the pan, overhead shot, overhead mm -hmm. cam. Don't clean your pan. That's, that's really? flavor. That's flavor. <laughs> Just put that thing right on there and let it get happy. 
You but just won't look, the outside get dirty or something? You're assuming that the part I just put it on is the outside. See, what oh. you do is once this is ready, just as once it's warm, mm -hmm. now you take this thing off and the bottom part is the inside. And now I start filling it. Okay. So I'll show you. It's a, the, this part is a little bit of like a, a multi-layered process because I like, to, um, I like to load it up a certain kind of way. But um, yeah, what I think is interesting you. about yours too is like while I was watching you cook, I'm like, oh, he needs he's clearly going to need like way more pots and pans. But no, you're just like swapping flavors exactly. throughout the entire. Exactly. You let everything get happy together. Look at that. Feel me? Yeah. So now we do this. So who so far in your career would you say uh, probably left the most, I guess, impact? Hmm. That's a good question. Who left the most impact creatively or like, the, like who did I like the most? Those are different questions. Oh, but I well, think, you can answer both because uh, I'll use both as a snippet. <laughs> so I think that somebody that left like a really big impact on me personally that I went in with was Mariah. Oh. So this was one of those moments where it's like, this is a legend. Yeah. Okay. But the reason why it left such an impact was she was not like how you might think in your head of how, you know, someone so big would be in the studio. She was very like, when she would listen down to her vocals that we were going through, she would say, oh, like, oh, no, don't play that one. Like, that's not it. And I'm like, you're Mariah. Like, anything you sing is amazing. Like, yeah. this take that you don't think is good is so good. Yeah. And I think that, like, it, it showed me a level of, like, even when you get to the top, you still have to be so vigilant. And you still have to be so selective about what you put out there and what people hear. Yeah. And I kind of thought that was amazing. Because you could, yeah. at that level, you could just ride the easy train from there yeah. on out if you want to. But, but she it didn't. also shows her, like, level of passion and commitment, right? Completely. That's what I'm saying. Like, it was very cool. Mm -hmm. That was... Um, yeah, that was just cool for a different reason because yeah. it was it just kind of showed me like okay, what whatever level you're at in this business, keep going. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was big. And I, she wasn't diva ish with you. To me, not at all. She was great. Really? I thought she was awesome. I mean, Ooh, I know that was a good one. I, I know people say things about her, but yeah. you know, I mean, she was she was super cool. She's to me. She, so talented. She showed up at the studio. This was her and Nick Cannon walked in. Wait, you didn't put the cheese on that one, girl? I, I understand. Oh. I just didn't want you to dip my my little. I was going to say so who's good. wearing the apron, but we're both wearing aprons, so I can't I can't my do that blast. So, okay, go ahead. So here's the thing: she showed up at the studio looking like Catwoman. She had it. She all leather jacket, black leather, black leather pants, black leather patent shoes. I was like, okay, this woman is a diva. Like she's yeah. a star, but she was so cool. She was cool as the other side of the pillow the whole time. So Here, I don't you know, you know. Um, so that was big. Mm -hmm. Somebody that like made a big impact on my life in another way. Yeah. And, and they know this now cause I've told them is Michael Bolton. I don't know if you know who that is, but he was a really big singer in the eighties. Mm -hmm. Huge. Mm -hmm. Like, well, he was the biggest pop vocalist in the eighties. Uh -huh. This guy has unbelievable voice, you know, 10 number one songs. He's been a writer on, you know, double that. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I grew up in the house hearing Michael Bolton all the time because this is what my mom loved, Michael Bolton. So I eventually got a call from someone saying, 
Michael Bolton wants to get in with you guys and work on his new album. And I was like, oh, that's cool, because like that was kind of nostalgic. Yeah. But what really happened was that when Bolton was in with us, I was like, man, my mom, like, she hasn't always got like how I'm gonna make it in music, mm -hmm. but she does believe in me big time. Mm -hmm. But it would be amazing if I called my mom and put you on the phone with her. She's the biggest Michael Bolton. Yeah. He was like, let's go. So like I called my mom, I'm like, hey, I got Michael Bolton here. She's like, uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm like, no, for real, like I'm in with Michael Bolton, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. So he gets on the phone and he's like singing my praises and saying how you know great of a writer I am and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, milk it, keep saying it. Tell yeah. her I'm even better. <laughs> so he's milking it. And honestly, from that day, like my mom got it. She yeah. was like, okay, I might not have got all the rap stuff he was doing, yeah. but like, this is crazy. Like my son's writing with Michael freaking Bolton and like, I'm a huge fan. Yeah. So since that day, she's been such a big supporter, like hangs my plaques in her house. Like she's Aww, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And also Michael Bolton gives my mom tickets to every show he does in California. She goes backstage like VIP to Michael Bolton oh shows. Oh my gosh. I'm like, you better no, cut we'll that out. <laughs> so yeah, it's, that's pretty cool. So I don't know, there's, there's ways that you get touched in this business that uh -huh. I think you can't even anticipate sometimes. Yeah. yeah. What advice would you give to someone that's coming up in the game? You got a baby in there. Don't act like you're not excited about this. I'm. Trust me, I'm beyond excited. Okay. Um, what was your question? Um. Sorry. You distracted me. I know. I was food. Uh, I was advice, food bragging. Because every about, chef is a little bit cocky. Unfortunately, we're probably gonna wrap soon. Okay. So. But I wanted to know, like, what advice would you give to someone that is trying to make it? Because you yeah. have kind of all these blessing milestones. Mm. Yeah. But what advice would you give? Um, I think the best advice I can give, honestly, in the simplest form is just every time you have a chance to get in the room, just kick as much ass as you can every time. Mm -hmm. Don't ever think that you're better than anyone in that room. Just Try like you're auditioning for the team every single time you get a chance, no matter what stage you're at. Okay. Because some of the best that I've, the legends that I've got a chance to work with, they're legends because they do that every time. When they're on the mic or they're in the room, they are working as hard as they can. Every time. So every even, even after look, you've made it, don't slack on. What if something's a smaller budget? Do you say give it your all or? Every time every you time. get the chance. Because you never know what's a small, you never know what is going to go on to make it. Mm -hmm. I stopped trying to predict what's a hit a long time ago. Mm -hmm. People are like, oh, I just wrote a smash. I just wrote a smash. I'm like, bro, you don't, first of all, nobody can predict what a hit is going to be until it happens. So yeah. you don't know. Um, can I just tell you this right here? Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to shout out Wild Jack, but this <laughs> Jack Del Fuego sauce, this changed my life. Okay. If you can get a close up of this right here, if you don't know what this is, you might as well just go figure that one out. We technically not supposed to do that, but it's okay. <laughs> say what you want to say. So is there a flavor of that sauce? This What's one right here, habanero carrot, look. Okay, habanero carrot. Well, I'm, gl the, the, I'm glad you actually did that because I'm going to try and make this dish at home. I'm trying to tell you. This habanero carrot, girl, how you pray twice in a day. <laughs> so, that's the advice I would give. Yeah, and I noticed with your everything that happened in your career, I feel like you moved urgently. Like, you didn't waste time. You didn't care about, you know, is this person going to think a, I'm too eager? Yeah, that's a great point. You know, honestly, the reason behind that is because you learn early on that you can't predict what success is gonna be in this business. You don't know what song's gonna work. Mm -hmm. You don't know what project's gonna sell. 
So you can't you can't like bask in your own glory for too long. Yeah. You have to just do your best work. Wait, before you fold that. Dude, overhead cam. You got to you got to see Hold that. Up. That is crazy. Let's do that close up thing right there. This looks beautiful just like this. So I think like you just you never know what's going to work. Mm -hmm. So you don't spend a lot of time thinking you're the shit. Yeah. Because that project that you think might be so successful might not be. And even if it was super successful, the next one that you get on might flop. Yeah. So just appreciate your success and be happy about it, but then keep it moving. Okay. Now, what about, and I, I and I hate to, I still go through this to this day. Like, uh -huh. you know, you're working on a project. Yep. Even like with Eating While Broke. Yep. Do you think that there's a level of like negative energy that could affect the outcome? Because mm. I feel like no matter how far or how many little milestones, not as big as yours, um, that I've accomplished, I still yeah. in the back of my mind think, oh, it could fail or maybe it, I'm just in my head thinking it's not big enough. But do you think that energy affects, you know, like the laws of attraction? Do you think that affects it? I think that negative energy is, is like complaining about the size of the moon. Mm -hmm. It's not going to do any good. You can't change it. Yeah. So you, I don't spend a lot of time being negative. Mm -hmm. Even when I'm working on projects I might not be excited about, I work on them the same because you just don't, I don't know. Like, I, I don't put it out there, honestly. But I'm saying like that internal self-doubt that you battle with. I always have internal self-doubt every even, single even, day. Okay. Every day I have it. Is the song good enough? Is, you know, is what I'm, am I working hard enough? Is, you know, like I'm always thinking like that, but that is just what pushes you to keep being great. Okay. You know? So that's a normal, you'd say that's like normal. I think it's completely normal. I think it's okay. part of what makes people successful. Is okay. that drive to never think like you've made it. Yeah. Or that everything you do is so good. Have you ever worked with someone where, you, you know, their album did extremely well, but the whole time they, the artist, whatever, was questioning it? Oh, my God. Uh, almost every artist does that. Really? Yeah. I mean, I think the great ones always do. Okay. They'll know when they've made something that feels really good to them, mm -hmm. but they're always questioning if the public's going to love it. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. Like. I've worked a lot with the Backstreet Boys. Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of success with them. Mm -hmm. Every time their album drops, they are the most excited people to go look and see how it does. Mm -hmm. They're reading, they're looking through it. Like these guys don't need to do anything for the rest of their lives yeah. if they don't want to. Yeah. That's amazing. But they love it. They live for it. Yes. So I think that's important to know, to keep in mind. Oh, well, this interview has gone really well, except for the fact that we haven't actually tasted it yet. Girl, it's happening right now. Um, you can't rush hosting a burrito. I don't know who no, told you that. I've, Somebody lied to you if they tell you I that. I hope the overhead, the whole shoot should be just on. <laughs> you should have a cooking show. Let's go. Um, oh, the third one. I know, right? Uh, if you want, you could do that Move after. that one. Yeah, that's fine. Let's do that one after. Yes. We'll keep that for, let me All turn right. this off. All right, it's meal time, everybody. I just Hold watched. Up. Hold up. We got to cut this thing. Because if you, you got to show the inside. Oh, okay. You feel me? Okay. Look at this little knife. Cooking show. Okay. You got this tiny little knife. Don't judge us. We're Can we get a knife budget. endorsement? <laughs> Let's get a knife endorsement up in here. But that's all right. Look. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it has a crispy shell. That's why you were trying to rush me. But no, I, I don't. Love but it. I don't cave. Look at that. Let's get it over. Oh my gosh. Let's get that thing right there. That looks amazing. My hands burning. <laughs> so then you just played it a little bit like this. Oh my gosh. Okay, so you just do that. And now what you really want to do, <laughs> uh -huh. to have a little fun with it every time, uh -huh. 
as a salsa. Sorry. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do no, you cold not. blooded like that. <laughs> I'm not gonna do you cold blooded like that. You can tell he's a real chef because he's he's turned the island upside down completely. <laughs> okay, now what you want to do mm -hmm. is awesome. give people a little chance to fall in love with that taste with the salsa. Oh my gosh! Because they might not choose to do it themselves. You gotta uh -huh. okay. urge them. So here you go. Awesome. Thank you. And that's that. Awesome. And uh, thank you so much for coming out. Um, but before we even close out, I got to take a bite. You got to take a bite. Okay. We got to judge this meal. Let's we go. got to see if it's actually going to go into my personal arsenal of meals. I make it. Wait, I can't home. have my man over here, the camera guy, try it. I can't make all this stuff and then have these people not Oh, they'll eat. try it. They'll try it. Okay. All right, let's go. We just, we just got to. Let's do it. First, guys. Sorry. Let's go. Hot. It's a little hot. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, hands down, best meal. I'm just saying, best meal. You top that in LA. I I'll make sure you guys all through best meal. Thank you for having me on this show, Colin. Thank you so much. And I love this, by the way. This is so cool. People are gonna dig this. Thank this you. Is awesome and that people, you're doing this. people. I hope everyone can really draw a lot. I know. I've always been impressed with your story and the fact that you're so humble. And the best part is the fact that you can cook. Mm. So I, I'm always looking for an invite over to your house if you ever. <laughs> All right, we'll make can. it happen again. We'll but um, happen. best best dish, hands down, best dish on eating well, bro. Hey. Yeah. So far. Thank you. So let's go. Yes. I hope someone can top it, so then yes. I can try it. And then everybody can get your recipe in the Eating Wild Bro cookbook and make it at home, but by far the best, most amazing dish ever. Awesome. Thank you, thank you for coming out. Awesome, thanks for having me. For more Eating While Broke from iHeartRadio and The Black Effect, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Eating While Broke. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds.